535, hit us out to Laredo About to pick us some pounds so we can make us some queso No luggage in the trunk, just me and Sakee Headed back Dallas, Texas, now we serving these beans Welcome to the I-35 Sports Connection. It's your boy, AAA, breathing a sigh of relief with your flying high co-host. Woo! It's a five-in-one Mila here. How you feeling, Cowboys Nation? How you feeling? How you feel? How you feel? How you feel? Seriously, 25 sitting on 25 mil is exactly how I feel. I just, I am, I am just like blown away right now at like, I just... Just say it. Y'all almost lost to Washington. We, it looked. I mean, we went down at the half. It looked like the Chiefs were going to go down to Washington. Uh, I mean, and like if you would have told me one team's five and one and the other one is like struggling to survive, I would have instantly thought it'd be the Chiefs five and one. Um, why would it be that the the Cowboys have always been the more winning team, the winningest team? Compared to the Chiefs, y'all just had a little sputter of hope for a little while. God was like, hey. Y'all haven't won anything for like 50 years. Let me let me even the balance scale here. That's why I think that Cowboys 2022 book it is going to happen. You know, you know, I think it's a little too early to say that. But oh. since the boys, we them boys, are entering a bye week, riding high at five and one, did you want to see the Cowboys go into the bye week or did you want to just keep it going? Um, no, 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 no. After this last game against New England, I think a bye week is definitely necessary. Uh, we almost beat ourselves there, so definitely need to go back, make some adjustments, also bail some people out of jail. No big deal. Let's talk about that because, like, how do you barely win a game where you have 567 yards total offense compared to 335 from the Patriots? Because you have over 100 penalty yards. That's exactly how. That's an excellent point. You add in the over 100 yards in penalties and inopportune time penalties that extended New England drives as well. You also add in the fact that you had a couple failed fourth downs. You had a couple turnovers. And then that's a recipe to keep a team like New England in it who also did the smart thing, ran the ball against the Cowboys to to what? Shorten the game, limit the number of possessions to keep themselves in it for the longest possible time. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, had this been a Brady Patriots, I think that they probably would have pulled away. But luckily, and I called it. Thank you for giving me my respect, Twitter. Um, I knew Mac Jones was going to throw a pick like it was the writing was on the wall. He was due for it. And of course, Diggs was ready to keep his streak alive, too. So, yeah, that that kind of helped us. Can I pivot to that real quick? Yeah. So. I, I really like that you brought up the whole Brady thing. If this was a Brady Patriots team, you would have lost. But do you know why you probably would have lost? Because once again, clock management reeled its ugly that. head and the Cowboys left time on the clock. At the end of both halves, uh, they, they left time to be had, right? Mm-hmm. On the first half, they left time that they could have used. Into the game, they left time that the Patriots could have used. And if this was Rodgers, if this was Brady, I'm not going to say Mahomes because he's been playing bad right now. But if this was one of those elite quarterbacks, you probably would have lost this game. And like, also, Greg Zerline reared his ugly head again. The Cowboys are playing great. But does part of you feel like Zerline or McCarthy is going to cost you a game or cost you this whole book it 2021, 2022 thing? They're going to cost us a game, but honestly... What I would like to see happen is 
we lose a game before we go to the playoffs. That way you get the pressure off of you and you can just go into the playoffs and know, okay, we made these adjustments. This is what we're doing. Because I I don't want to be sniffing anywhere near an undefeated team or almost undefeated team in the playoffs. I, I don't want that. I think that that's way too much pressure for Zerline. Also, somebody is going to have to step in for Mike McCarthy's uh, clock handling skills. I mean, this is just, it, it's terrible. It's awful. And, you know, that's why I think maybe this bye week is coming at the perfect time because, hey, we can go back and, and look at that. He can be talked to by other people. Is, is this where Dak needs to step up and go, hey, I've got the clock. I'm the quarterback. I'm the leader. I know how a two-minute drive works. Because, like, you've seen Dak take more ownership, right? He now audibles a lot in the first couple – or the last two seasons. You didn't really see that, right? He's got this symmetry with Kellen Moore, and, you know, they can read each other's minds. But is it time to for Dak to step up and go, hey, coach, I know how to run a two-minute offense, I got it on this end. I just need you to get it while we're on defense to know when to call timeouts. Um, is that what needs to happen? Or or is this not a big enough worry? And let's say, don't worry about the clock thing. Worry about the Greg Zerline thing. Which one is the biggest thing to you? And how do you fix it? The clock thing to me is, is the bigger issue. I mean, Zerline, it, you can't fix that. Like, it, it is what it is. I mean, and I... Yeah, I've been really harsh on him, but that's literally like every kicker in the NFL right now, except for Justin Tucker. I don't know what the hell is happening with the kickers, but this ain't it. Would you, would you, what round draft pick would you give up for Justin Tucker to be in Dallas? I'm just curious. I'm just curious. What would you give up to get Justin Tucker? Mr. Aut- Mr. 66 yards, Mr. Automatic, because like that would basically fix your special teams right there, Justin Tucker. Like I'm just curious, as a Cowboys fan, you know they're my second team. I root for them as long as it doesn't negatively impact the Chiefs. But like, so many caveats. I know, right? What would you What would you give up for Justin Tucker though? Because like I feel like the Cowboys think like, hey, we don't have the best defense, but we got one that gets turnovers. We've got the probably the best offense in the NFL. What would you give for Justin Tucker? I wouldn't give a lot. And the reason being is if you get ahead enough defensively and you take care of the situation on defense, nothing should ever come down to a kick. Like in a perfect world, the kicker should just be there for frills. But he can kick it from the moon. Like he can like He can, but what I'm saying is if you take care of your job offensively and defensively, it doesn't matter if you can kick it from Idaho to South Florida. Like it just, and that's not even like the furthest point west. But y'all get what I'm saying. So, so basically, like the kicking thing isn't the issue here. It's really just Mike McCarthy and the to- clock management. That's the thing that Cowboys fans need to worry about. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think we had this this kicking issue like what two, three seasons ago. Um, you know, if it really became an issue, you can always just go for two. And this is a team where I think, hey, if you go for two, they'll probably get it. There's a higher percentage that they would get it now. Yeah, and it's it's not a Brett Maher situation yet. Oh, God, yeah, that's what his name was. Ooh, can you remember how angry I was all the time? I had so much just pent-up aggression. Who's the YouTube guy that does the Cowboys recaps? Uh, oh, Scooter McGruder. Scooter McGruder yeah. and I probably would have taken – would have taken Brett Maher out had we seen him in the streets. Yeah, so I 
I, I think that is the biggest worry if the, you're a Cowboys fan. Like, everything went right in the game except for, you know, the couple of penalties here. And they're like, I'm not mad at going for it. I'm just more mad at the clock management if I'm a Cowboys yeah. fan. And there's there's never, ever a perfect game. I mean, if you're a true athlete, there's always room for improvement. Even if you smoke somebody 75 to, you know, zero, there's still room for improvement. Now, you guys are entering the bye week, and there's a couple good things, right? Dak had a calf strain at yeah. the end of the game, but he he's got. On too. But now he's going into a bye week. Give him an extra week of rest. Collins is coming back now. Suspensions are over. And by the way, everybody was thinking he was coming back. Not everybody, but people were thinking he's going to come back for a game. We told you he wasn't going to come back until the suspension was over. Just yeah. going to throw that out there. Yeah, we we did say that. And then your starting safety got arrested. So what's the biggest issue? Dak's calf. The arrested safety or uh, Collins coming back and, and being rusty? What's your biggest concern uh, by week Cowboys-wise? For the sake of the public, the safety, um, but for just all, you know, all over, I would say probably Collins coming back and being rusty. I mean, there's, there's definitely going to be some rust there because I believe if you're suspended, you can't practice with the team, right? He, he was allowed to practice towards the end of it, yes. But, uh, I mean... Was he allowed to practice? Yes. But if you have a unproven guy in Terrence and you're preparing for a game, you're not going to give Collins first team reps. Right. So like it's a little different. So like technically he was allowed, but like he wasn't getting the bulk of those reps. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's fair. OK, that makes sense. So I think Russ is the concern. But I like to me, I think the biggest concern is everybody saying, don't worry about Dak. But it's easy to say that two weeks out. Right. I, I think the big worry is as you come closer to it, because like. Gallup has a calf strain. Yes, it's deemed a lot worse, but like you never know how strains like it's I'd almost rather you like, you know, pop something out of place or pull like pop something out of place or or break something because I I know a real timetable. Right. Whenever you pull strain or something, it's scary. Um, When you have something pop out of place. I will say from someone who's dislocated their knee probably 15,000 times and ended up with two surgeries. It's not a one and done deal. It's not like, okay, your knee just popped out of place. So it's going to be two weeks. Like it's on its way out. It can usually tear something with it or aggravate something else with it. So I think with the strain, I would say that sounds like, uh, ice and rehab properly be a little bit, you know, ginger during practice and then come back into it, you know, just take care of yourself. But having a bye week I mean, that's everything right now. That's going to be so helpful. Yeah, I mean, because, like, I mean, I thought, like, I thought you were, I, I still think Mahomes is better. Like, don't get me wrong. I still think Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. But there, there's no doubt right now that Dak is playing better. And I know you were talking trash earlier this year before the season started that Dak was better. And he's playing better right now. It's not talking trash if it's true. You don't become 5-1 and one with talking trash. That's just spitting hot facts. Put some respect on his name. I mean... Put some respect on his name. Respect is... Dak, I mean, it's Dak, Kyler, and I don't know who else, but, like, that's your MVP race right now is is Dak and and Kyler Murray and maybe Josh Allen, but it's, it's really the Dak and Murray show right now for MVP. And, I mean... I will say maybe Brady should get some talk because, like, good Lord, you're 100 years old and you're still doing what you're doing? Like, come on now. It's not fair. (laughs) But let's pivot. Let's go into Kansas City. 
Oh, you mean in talking about a quarterback that's not in the MVP race? Go ahead. Oh, okay, fine. Is that where we're going to start? Let's let's just get right into it, okay? I'm just saying, I had to deal with the last two and a half years of just all of the Chiefs fans squeaking and squawking at me, so now I'm back in true form. So this is probably the worst Mahomes has looked, uh, and good Lord, that interception against Washington. Like, really talked about this, what, for the last three weeks, about like, you can't just throw it up and expect yes. magic to happen. Like, you... Just throwing shit and hoping for the best. Like, what are you doing? It's like, and we talked about you need to take a page from the Brady's and the Breezes and the Mains of the Worlds and the Rogers of the World is throw it away. Take the L on the play. You had two timeouts. Take the sack, take the L, and call a timeout, and the drive stays alive, and you still have an opportunity to score going into the half rather than going down at the half, right? But that, that play kind of exemplified um the chief season so far right you're trying too hard you're doing too much just take the l and live to play another down like there was no reason to just throw it like it looked like he was playing like backyard jackpot you know when you throw the ball up and and into a group of people and, and you play for points like i he's pressing he's pressing uh but i i really hope that this kind of like exemplified it to him because he said after the game, I got to stop doing stupid shit. And this was the epitome or as my dumbass used to say, epitone of stupid shit. Oh God. I, for- I was like, what is epitone? Oh yeah. Yeah. Epitome. Oh God. I forgot about that. Lord. I never claimed to be the brightest, but let- let's talk about the good things that we can take away from this chiefs game. Right. And never claim to be the brightest. That's why you're a chiefs fan. Oh, oh, he wasn't ready. Okay, just kidding. The season's awfully early for you to be doing, being like this. I just, know, but let me enjoy it. It's been some time, you know. Any Hoozlebees, do you know who started at safety for the Chiefs? Oh, your boy Thornhill? Yeah, my one and only started at safety. And you know what? Defense magically stopped giving up gigantic plays. Oh, the Chiefs? Yes. Or? Or it's, a, it's amazing how that works. And do you know where they use Sorensen? At this nickel linebacker safety hybrid, which is what I've been saying you, the entire time. You think Spags tuned in and was like, hey, let me take this advice. I know Spags or Andy or Veach. Somebody tuned in and someone talked to that man because it magically, it didn't fix the defense, but it made it a whole lot better. It sure did. Yes, there, there was definitely improvement there. And it, like it's amazing what a competent safety paired up with Matthew can do, who can actually excel at pass coverage, right? And you just take all this pressure off Sorenston. And I'm not like hating Dan the man. I think he's great as a gap fill. He's great as a get me through these next few plays or get me until my guy's healthy. But when you have a healthy starter, there's no reason for him to be playing starter plays or starter reps. So it was great to see Juan Thornhill, who looked terrific, and it almost begs the question: Why the hell wasn't he in? sooner yeah well there's no time like the present right yeah all about ego spags all about ego so that leads me to if i was right about that and i was right about the nickel situation you know what the last piece that needs to happen on this defense to improve it the last piece de resistance to fix this d whatever it is it needs to come after week 10 No, it needs to come before week 10 because you are getting killed up the middle and you know what fixes it? I don't know. A healthy Chris Jones back at defensive tackle, back in the middle, and 
ending, just ending the D-end experiment because you can do what once I've been saying the Cowboys are doing and use your, your speedy rookie linebacker at, at either D-end or to rush the passer on plays where you want to get pressure to the quarterback. And then that way you could have Hitchens and Gay playing the middle field and you can bring pressure up the middle with Jones. Like there's no reason. No reason for you to be taking someone who is dominant at tackle and moving him to a DN where he's above average. Why, why, why take someone who's great and make them slightly above average? Just don't do it before week 10. Do it after week 10. Week 11 would be a great time to start. What happens in week 10? You guys play the Cowboys. Where will we be? We will be at Arrowhead watching that game. Ooh, are we, are we tailgating? I feel like, yeah, we better be. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We'll tell you where we'll be taking tailgating now. But come stop by and see us because this is going to be so so sweet uh, when when the Chiefs beat the Cowboys. You know, and, and hey, um, what happened the last time the Chiefs and the Cowboys play? Uh, you almost got into a fight with the Chiefs fan at the Cowboys stadium. That yeah, that did happen. That douche lord kept like elbowing the shit out of me, and I was like, "Bro, if you don't stop elbowing me every time we score, I'm gonna start screaming high pitched in your ear." Yeah, that's all I remember that happened that day. <laughs> we won. That's what happened. Does it matter? Victorious. All right, let, let's talk about someone we want to be victorious, and let's talk about also. The team that has the MVP favorite, according to Vegas, or a top two MVP favorite, according to where and what sports book you're looking at. Oh, are we about to transition and dribble our way into the NBA? Oh, hell yeah. First of all, the NBA has the most brilliant campaign for their 75th anniversary oh commercial. Oh my God, yes, it is so good. Every other sports marketing agency, look at that and aspire to be that. That shit is awesome. I'm going to go on an NBA love fest just because I love the NBA, but like their, their marketing, their fan engagement, like it is far superior than every other sports league out. Like, I would say maybe only WWE rivals the NBA when you talk about fan engagement and, and marketing and, and commercial building. I mean, I don't know how you feel, but like, I feel like they're in a class among themselves uh, I know we talked about this when we went to the uh, All-Star game. What was it, like two years ago? Two years ago. Um, oh, my God. That was pre-BC Last before COVID. Before COVID. Wow. No wonder it was so awesome. Um, yeah, so when we went there, like I, I am a huge fan of the NBA because it's not just a sport. It is culture. It's fashion. It's community. It's literally everything. Like the NBA, if it's in your city, they will come in and do great things. If... You just have the NFL, you would never, ever know. But just from being um, a season ticket holder, the Mavs go above and beyond. They do so much, and then they do so much for the community. And it's like the NFL kind of is just like, yeah, we volunteered to give out meals on Thanksgiving because it seemed like the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Versus the Mavs are like, hey, we're going to hold this camp with all these underserved children and blah, 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 blah. And we're going to go to hospitals like a bazillion times a year. Like it's it's not just for the PR. Like it seems like they really, really want to do that with the whole NBA cares and all of that. Yeah, I mean, Luca just donated a whole bunch of Jordans to the children's hospital. So yeah, and like, I mean, if you're going to be a sick kid, Definitely be a sick kid in Dallas because you'll have like 
I just feel like the players go there so much more and they really donate their time. I know Dirk Nowitzki was huge on that as well. Unannounced all the time. Just no press, no nothing. Would just go there constantly. Yeah, I mean, like, that's amazing. Versus the NFL, I feel like everything is just for a dollar, for a PR move. Like, it's everything's a sponsorship. It's not really, like, for the love of the kids or anything. Now, granted, like, yeah, there's the Walter, Walter Payton Award and stuff. Um, and there's some players that'll go out and do, you know, the right thing or whatever. But... It, it doesn't encompass the whole community the way the NBA does. So, anyways, on our Love Fest train, next stop. Uh, Mav season opener Thursday, and you know the NBA did this on purpose because these two players are forever tied together. Luca, Trey Young, I mean, you're talking future slash president of the NBA. You're talking the guy who kind of established himself as the new villain in the NBA, Trey Young, with what he did in New York during the playoffs, which was, oh my God, that was just beautiful. Versus the new hero, new face of the NBA in Luka, right? Like, they literally gave you, like, superhero versus villain. They, they gave you the guys who were traded for each other during the draft. Like, they purposely gave the Mavs and, and the NBA, like, what we want to see. Like, I love, like, to me, Trey Young versus Luka, that's like... I don't care what football game is. I'm watching this game. Like this is Thursday. I don't know you. I don't even know what the Thursday night football game is because all I care about is Luca versus Trey Young. You're talking about two of the best, youngest NBA players going at it. The face versus the heel. Like, what more do you want in a season opener for? If you're a Mass fan, if you're an NBA fan. I mean, yeah, you you hit the nail on the head. Like, those are huge markets. And I think I was listening to a sports radio station say that uh, a lot of the younger fans now are not fans of teams. They're fans of players. So just from, like, a, a business perspective as well, that's huge because you've got huge Luka fans. You've got huge Trey Young fans, and you're going to bring all of that. So I, I expect the ratings to be through the roof for this. Yeah, I mean, you got Luka Magic. You got Ice Cold Trey. I mean, you've got you've got really Trey Young kind of filling that void that's been the NBA since Kobe left of that villain, right? Like that guy you love to hate. And you got Luka who's just like – I mean, he, he, he reminds you of like this like magic – Johnson mixed with Steph Curry mixed with like just like incredible player like so I'm excited for that but let's talk Mavs and like the expect what are the expectations this year for the Mavs because for me like number one expectation is you better get your ass out that first round like there is no more you know going to game seven is good enough it's it's like I really think you you semifinals is meeting your expectations. You want to prove you are something, prove you are the next level player. That is going to the conference finals. Like I think that's the that's the realistic goal is conference finals. I I definitely agree with that. And I think that you know the moves that we made in the off season with the coaching and the players and things like that, I think that we've got a good enough squad to get us to that at least that point, at very least. Now, a couple episodes ago, we kind of had like some bold predictions for the season. And mine was, this is KP's last year. Do you think KP gets it right and they end up, you know, doing well and going to the conference files? Or do you think this is KP's last year in Dallas? Like, what do you foresee happening this year? God, I, I mean, if it has to be his last year, I hope he goes out with the bang because this is a very, very costly experiment at this time. I mean, it's only his last year if he, if he struggles, right? That's the thing is... Do you think Jason Kidd's got the magic sauce to make it work with those two? Or 
or do you think just KP is soft? Or I mean, I, I don't know. I I, th- I tend to think KP is a little soft and a little selfish, and like he needs to accept the role of number two because you aren't better than Luca. You aren't the man. Luca is the man of the team. Uh, like look at Atlanta with Trey Young, right? Trey Young is the man. John Collins accepts his role as Trey Young's two, right? No one's no one's bitter over there. Or who gets the shots, right? Like they share the ball, but they understand that this is the unquestioned leader of the team. Yeah, I I think that there's a little bit of truth to all of that. Um, I, I do think just based on some of the things that I've read around that KP just did not jive with Rick Carlisle, and I I'm hoping that Jason Kidd got through to him, kind of explained to him, hey. Hey man, like you're you're not gonna be number one. So be the the Robin to the Batman, you know. Be the I don't even remember Ricky Bobby's shake number two. Oh, yeah, yeah forgot, just yeah. shake and bake all day. Shake and bake, baby. Shake and bake. It'll be really interesting this year because, like, you know, when someone doesn't work out in New York, you're like, oh well, that's the Knicks. They have a horrible front office, horrible blah blah blah. Then they don't work for a while here, and now it's like if it doesn't work with Kid as coach, then it's not the places you've been it's you the player who's difficult exactly like have have a moment of self-reflection and awareness for sure so before we end this episode give me your prediction for the Mavs how far do they go what do you expect to happen this year for the Mavs um you know I would like to see them go to the conference finals I think that that's very much so in the realm of possibility and that's kind of the expectation to be honest yeah, absolutely. And is Luca MVP? Uh, duh. <laughs> Luca better be MVP this year. Um, so, so before we get out of here, let's talk a little bit about the Purple Pride podcast. So, um, we are doing all of our K State sports coverage on um, the Purple Pride podcast. You can look for us on YouTube. We're part of the Down the Line Sports Network. It is super awesome. Very, very fun. You have to deal with their ugly mugs, but I think it's worth it for my crazy facial expressions and AAA's crazy high pitch voice that he sometimes goes into. For the keys! For the keys to the game. Um, but I think it's a great place to look, so find us on YouTube. Um, of course, we're streaming on all platforms, so continue to go to all those platforms. And then, as always, engage with us on Twitter at i35sportscxn and cheer loud and proud for the Cowboys. And Chiefs. Let's go, Cowboys. And Mavs. And Stars. (laughs) And K-State Wildcats. We out.